T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Good morning, and thank you so much for being here. The American people entrusted Republicans with the majority in Congress because we set forth a clear agenda of where we wanted to take this country. And one of the things that we declared boldly and clearly is that the COVID emergency is over. We are not going to allow the White House or anyone else to continue to use COVID as an excuse for their socialist big government spending programs. We are not going to allow this White House or anyone else to print trillions upon trillions of dollars in the name of a pandemic. Our country must be open for business. And that starts with getting federal employees back to work. And there's no reason why taxpayers should be footing the salaries of workers to sit home uh, with a phony fear of COVID-19. And that's why I'm a proud co-sponsor of the Show Up Act as it's aptly named, the Stopping Home Office Works Unproductive Problems Act. In this, uh, we are going to vote on this bill this week in the House, and it will require all federal agencies to return to pre-pandemic telework levels within 30 days and to submit to Congress within six months a detailed assessment of the impact of pandemic-era telework on the missions of their offices. Now, permanent expansion of telework must also, under this legislation, be approved by Congress and certified by the Office of Personnel Management to show that it will improve agency mission performance, lower costs, and maintain network security, as well as dispersing federal jobs across the country. Now, it's bad enough that people are constantly frustrated, that taxpayers that interact with these offices are constantly frustrated by a federal workforce that can often be unaccountable and bureaucratic but it's been totally blown up by remote work. And our brave men and women in uniform, they've never had the luxury of remote work. And our hardworking construction crews, they don't have the luxury of working from home. Workers on factory lines and repairing our roadways and driving trucks with our food and our farmers, they don't have the luxury of remote work. Our healthcare workers, who not only don't have the luxury of remote work, but they've been callously handed pink slips because they didn't all fall in line to get vaccinated. The heroes who were celebrated on the front lines during the height of the pandemic, they were later treated like garbage, thrown out in the street because they decided that what was best interest of their health shouldn't be decided by Joe Biden or Nancy Pelosi or Kathy Hochul. It should be decided by them and their doctors. And that's why I'm also proud to co-sponsor a bill called the Freedom for Healthcare Workers Act. That will, we will also bring that bill to the floor this week. It eliminates the vaccine mandate 
for health care workers under certain federal programs. Now, here in New York, we've seen firsthand the devastation and the consequences that these mandates have created in a dangerous staff shortage that threatens patient care at our local facilities. We have seen hospitals and nurses shouting from the rooftops that their staffing is at a dangerously low level and that workers who are overburdened and overworked and patient care is declining as a result. So I was proud to join with my colleagues in the New York delegation to urge Governor Hochul to drop the mandate in New York that's causing these huge staff shortages and stretching hospitals far too thin. Now, from the get-go, these vaccine mandates were wrong and they defied logic. Now, we know without a shadow of a doubt that these vaccines do not stop the spread of COVID-19. It is time to stop the political rhetoric, the charades, and the dishonesty designed to keep people living in fear. It's time for people to get back to the office and to get back to a normal schedule that ensures that taxpayers are getting their best bang for their buck that they can because the taxpayers are actually our boss. They're the ones that should be being served. They are the customers of government and it's, they're the ones paying the bills. So and for far too long, they have been disrespected by government at all levels. The pandemic is over. Joe Biden said it himself last September, right before the midterm elections. But then again, this month he went right ahead and for the 12th time, 12th time, signed another emergency Health Declaration Act. Enough. It's got to stop. We have to get back to normal. Normal, pre-COVID normal. 2019 normal. We are just starting to lift the veil on what the impacts have been on all these emergency declarations, which were really just a nice name for giving elected officials dictatorial permanent power. Whether it was Andrew Cuomo, putting COVID positive patients in our nursing homes or our children being kept out of the classroom and, and put under a mask for a year or more, or the $11 billion in unemployment fraud that occurred in this state alone, we are going to get answers for the taxpayers of America. And I have been appointed to the House Oversight and Accountability Committee. And we are taking very seriously all of these questions that I put before you. In our first hearing in early February, we'll be investigating all of the fraudulent money that was pouring out of our government during the pandemic and in the name of COVID-19. And it's unconscionable what happened. And there absolutely needs to be people held accountable and answers being given to the people. This was the promise we made to the American people. And we are following through on that promise. This legislation we are taking up this week and next week's hearing are important first steps in this direction. The American people haven't forgotten all that's happened, and neither have I, and we're going to roll up our sleeves and get to work for them. So I want to thank you, and we'll take any questions that you have at this time. Well, the Senate doesn't move very fast on anything, but we have divided government. We are going to put an agenda forward, as we promised. Um, we can't speak to what the Senate's going to do, but then it's up to your senators to stand at a podium just like this and tell you why they don't agree with these kind of ideas of getting back to work. I mean, we, I, I talk to business owners um, all the time, you know, here in the Buffalo area, and they're crying for people to come back to the office. 
It's the reality. It's necessary. Our restaurants, our businesses, you know, landlords, you name it. I mean, our economy teeters because of the mass abuse of remote work. It was one thing when we were in uncharted waters, extraordinary times. The pandemic was killing people off at a real serious clip. That, that was a nasty, terrible virus, and a lot of people lost their lives. But it's under control, and it's mutated, and, and the effects are far less grave than they were. So uh, it is time for us to move ahead. It's been almost three calendar years. I mean, this is far beyond a temporary fix. The problem is when you do something for more than six months, it's no longer temporary. But we have to get back to the world as it existed in 2019. Let, let, let's, let's get the office back up and running. And if the senators uh, and the people that run the U.S. Senate don't agree with it, they should explain to the American people why they don't think people should be back to work. Uh, I, 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 I don't know, you know, where that stands. I think that, you know, since we have plenty of data and even the CDC is walking back from this vaccine a little more every day, uh, I think that we should, uh, you know, really reevaluate any time there's a mandate that involves a vaccine. Um, I, 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 I don't want to weaken border security because obviously we have a border crisis, but, you know, this vaccine mandate, has separated families between the U.S. and Canada, us living on a binational border. Uh, we have not seen any real reason that this should continue on. I think it's, 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 it's an absolute waste, and it's enough is enough. Let's get back to reality. The emergency's over. Is there a huge enough number of remote working in the country to you know, come out and say that it's really uh, employers have come to you and said, well, we have a federal workforce that I think is still drastically at home. Uh, the, the administration hasn't been necessarily forthcoming with details. We're going to use the, the Committee on Oversight to get some answers to that. Uh, but uh, there, there is a proliferation of remote work. And, you know, if, if an employer... If it's working for them, that's their choice in the private sector. You know, if, if a private sector uh, employer says everybody's in the office on Monday morning, that's the way it should be. Uh, but our, our federal employees shouldn't have, you know, privileges not extended to the private sector. And, and just because it's cozy to stay at home and, and not go anywhere and, and, and it's, it's made life more easy. There's no one that can argue that it's made the, the country more productive. Productivity has suffered, period, end of story. And, you know, I just noticed it in, in Washington, D.C., one of the most congested, you know, traffic cities in uh, the country. Uh, traffic doesn't seem to exist like it used to. I mean, that tells you, that, that's the thing that no one can uh, hide from, is, is eventually you're going to be able to tell if people are uh, in the office or not. And, you know, the, the, the midday traffic around um, giant agency buildings, seems to be non-existent. So I think we still have a massive proliferation of remote work within the federal government and the federal bureaucracy. And as you know, government employees sometimes like to, you know, feather their own nest a little bit. And it's time that they, we get back to reality. This piece of legislation, the Show Up Act, would get that done. And uh, they, they should not have any special perks uh, because they happen to be federal workers. Do you think there's a transition going on from 
purveyance of fear to purveyance of reality? Yeah, I do. I do. Because, it, you know, it, it's... It's just like, uh, you know, we, we removed proxy voting from the House of Representatives. There wasn't proxy voting at any time in our nation's history. You got to show up, you know, whether, you know, I, I'm blessed. I have a one hour flight that I got to catch here shortly. But uh, I have colleagues that come from the West Coast. It's a, it's, a, it's a whole day's travel to get to Washington. But you have to go to work. You elected me to represent you in Washington. Uh, I take that duty extremely seriously. And you have members that didn't want to get rid of uh, um, proxy voting, where they would write a letter to the Speaker of the House saying that they were fearful of contraction of COVID-19 and they couldn't go, so so-and-so gets to vote for me. We got rid of that. It's back to work for Congress. It should be back to work for the whole country. Um, I do think there's a, a lack of reality that's set in. We have to get to strengthen this economy to be the great country uh, that we are. We need to go and have a workforce that's in their offices getting things done. And again, if, a, if, if an employer decides that his business or her business will run in a different manner, that's their choice. And you can go pursue a job like that. But this should not be the normal. It was an extraordinary measure that's now being abused. We're going to vote this week on this bill in the House. We're in the majority. We're making things happen. We're, I'm going to the Rules Committee today uh, to vote on rules for this bill, and we will be voting on this this week. And, you know, we will then send it on, and, and the Senate can choose to act, and, um, and we'll see. That's uh, uh, oftentimes, and I think what we're going to see is a theme where the Senate doesn't take up a lot of important matters. So we're the first the first order of business. And I just wanted to report, you know, to the people of Western New York, what I'm working on. I think these are issues that they're concerned about um, in, in, in these are things I hear here at home when I'm, I'm working my district. And I think this is showing a, a bold step of action. And, and, and we are in the House of Representatives in our majority, albeit a narrow majority. We're taking action again. And I think that's what's really important. We're trying to set the tone for the entirety of this government. Do you think they'll ever drop the vaccination mandate? I think that we should have to have some data to prove that this is at all a reason that we should be limiting people coming in. I mean, we, we need tough border security, but I don't think anyone's checking cards down at that southern border right now while millions pour across it. Yet there's husbands and wives, boyfriends and girlfriends, parents separated at the U.S.-Canadian border over a, a vaccine mandate. It's unconscionable. So I, I, I would support its removal, uh, and I think we've got some work to do. We're going to look into this when we get to, get to Washington. Anything else that you wanted to say about what's going on? I, I I will keep in regular touch, uh, and, and you know I, I want you to know what I'm working on when I'm there. Uh, and you know you got questions even during the week when I'm in Washington. I'm happy to you know connect with people uh, you know from there, and we have that technology now. So, uh, but it's uh, we're I think we're doing the important work that the American people sent us here to do. Thanks, everybody. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.